0: everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh, and today I'm going to be talking about Don't Dance with Death, the third book in the Haunted Romance series by C. Ray Djar. So let's dance with the magic of books. First off, I want to say that I really, really enjoyed this book. I thought it was very well done. It was, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but it felt like a big improvement over the second book and better than the first book, which is really good. You know, it's showing that she is growing as an author, she's writing, she's learning and I'm trying not to say that the second book was bad I just I enjoyed the third book a little more so I really liked that I think she did a really good job with her chapter endings where they never felt bad like they never felt like oh no it's a cliffhanger I'm going to you know I have to turn the page because you know they were like oh and then the door opened and they saw blank no they tell you what they see and then they move on and you are so intrigued by it and so excited you want it to keep turning so I thought that was very good again in a non-spoiler way, I loved all the chapter epigraphs that are from Oz's books in the first book in the first two books that we talk about. And the rules are all there and there's more and we kind of go over them again. I liked it. I thought it was very well done. I thought the characters were good. They, this is kind of a mix of a character book and a plot book because the plot's kind of like the main thing, but we do get, you know, some character work, not especially much from Theo or Pansy, but we've had two books of theirs where they've had a lot of character growth and we still get some character growth with Pansy and Theo, but I think the majority of the work is left on the other characters, which a name is not a spoiler, Berwina and Urien and Dunstan. So I liked... That we get to see their character work that they grow they change a little bit they become better and i'm really excited that this book we get to see yet another land we go back to horror and we get to see it more from a grown-up slash it's a different perspective where pansy has grown up but she is still the same pansy and theo's there now and it's just different, and I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the feel of this world that, you know, in fantastic, in Fantasyland, everything's kind of fantastical and like, oh, we're going on an adventure and this and that, and then in horror, it's like, don't go out after dark, you know? If your lights are out, everybody's kind of paranoid in, in horror but you know the rules work and that's why they're there and so I thought it was really good and well done and I I love that feeling of being there so I think we're gonna have to just get into some spoiler talk for just a second or not for a second for the rest of the the episode because there was just so much fun to talk about now I think just to give a minor plot we have a we have Berwynna who wants to, she's doing some cross-stitching, which I loved, and the cross-stitching is of Pansy's Rules for Surviving in Horror, which has been, you know, marketed and pushed out through all of fantasy, and everybody loves it because it's from Pansy, and they call her Pansy the Unsettled because she's always moving about and jerking and checking and kind of a little paranoid, and it's just fun and a good call and, like, a good way to go with that, so I loved it that the ones where she's cross-stitching, like, the rules and then they sell them and people buy them, and it's just like, that's so funny, but... But Berwina comes, you know, is doing a cross stitch and her want to be boyfriend comes in and is like, hey, I've got an adventure for us. Look, I found this dead body in a box in a cave under like by the ocean. Maybe we should put this person back together because they'll save us. You know, they'll give us a reward. And It's like, Urien, there, as far as I'm aware, are exactly zero, zero quests where the person's like, I won't tell you who I am and I can't tell you anything about me. Until you heal me and put me back together. And oh, by the way, I definitely am not a bad person who didn't get their head cut off for a perfectly valid reason. Like, what? Like, you think that the person who got their head cut off... Like, the bad guys in fantasy don't generally cut your head off and, like, stuff you in a box and put you in a cave, right? That is not... Where the good guys go who have been magically enchanted or charmed. So I just, I loved it. Because, you know, fantasy, you guys, you have to figure out your better adventures. Like, yeah, I'm going to go on an adventure. Generally, putting people back together and sewing them is not not a typical adventure here. So obviously, they put the her back together. And then it becomes... The Duchess Abada, who is back, and she tries to steal abilities. Luckily, she has lost her ability to steal or absorb abilities, but she still has all the other ones she had. So, meh meh but i like that they go they steal aaron aaron theo and pansy's son and because this is five years later they flee to the horror where she's going to gather up all the spooks and all the haunts and kind of try and rule the world and then push out and rule all of novel which is the land and so it's pretty good i mean it's a good story and a good plot and i like that and it really i liked that it showed especially with Berwina and Urien, like Just how easy and how kind of slippery it is to think you're doing the right thing when you're doing the wrong thing. Even, like, obviously they feel like they're going to die if they don't get this potion that she's holding for them every day. Sometimes you just have to be willing to take that stand that, no, this is still wrong. I'm not going to do this even against the threat of my life, which is tough. And I love that Berwina does that, and she's like, this is so wrong. Like, what are we doing? Like, why, you know, I'm trying to rescue this kid, and we're trying to go, and I want to keep him away from her, but, like... I just, I, she just and then she it shows how easily they can justify doing the wrong thing and for Yuri and everything is just about the adventure and like oh yeah we're going it's our adventure we have to complete our adventure well not every adventure needs to be completed but like he kind of embraced it by the end and was like no I like this I'm gonna do this and this is me so it was that was well, well done I like the character work where they got to you know showed how easy they can slip and fall under the right actions, you know, being put upon them. And I I really like that Dunstan comes with them. Uh, That would be Theo's brother, that he is like, hey, I'm trying to be a good guy, and, like, he is a good guy. He he has reformed ever since his last fight with Theo, and he's like, hey, I'm a good – I can be a good person, and I cannot – you know, burn people with my magic. And like, that's something I don't need to do. And so I really liked, you know, their thing. And I loved, I love the Dunstan and Berwina romance, where they kind of had that true love's first spark, and then they kissed and they loved it. And they both think about each other. I just thought that part really worked together for them, like gotta have a little bit of a romance. And I like that it was them. I like that Pansy and Theo are able to reconnect, you know, partially over the fact that Aaron is missing, obviously, but it kind of forces them to grow closer together again because neither one of them wanted to feel like they were going away or moving away from each other. And I liked that that resolution. So I I, it was it was pretty good. Now, I liked Aaron's gift that when he goes to sleep, he visits the spirit world and basically becomes like a ghost. So it's kinda like this astral projection type thing. And I was like, oh that's pretty cool. Like he can astral project now Why Queen Abida just thought, or like Duchess Abida? excuse me, she's not queen. Why Duchess Abida was like, ah oh yes, if I kidnap the boy, he will be so excited by me kidnapping him that he will want to, co- to convince all the ghosts in, in horror to work for me. It's like, well, let's think about that. Would somebody you kidnapped want to do what you want them to do? generally no the answer is no and you have no way of like knowing or following through if he's actually doing it aside from the fact that the ghosts would like join you but he could easily just lie and be like oh yeah i totally tried to talk to some ghosts and they didn't want to listen and i know he's only five but he's got pansy as a mom so he's obviously got some gonna have some skills there with deception and like kind of knowing what's good and what's not good to do so that was just a silly thing and then she's like okay well you won't listen i'll just sacrifice you for more power anyway which that that's a totally fine goal for the super villain now i loved uh reading about par- pansy teaching Aaron all about haunts and all about how to survive because that paranoid mom attitude is so real like well what if he does this and what if he does that and i told him not to touch the vases so he started touching the flowers but like that's not what i meant because the flowers could also be poisonous now granted the flowers are probably not poisonous in like your friend's house but like that's totally where a mom goes you know for certain things and this it was so funny And I love that she's teaching him and they're working on that kind of stuff. And it was so fun just reading about that now. I I did want to point out, I noticed uh, Miracle Mark, a very clear and and well put uh, call out back to Miracle Max from The Princess Bride. I thought that was fun, especially the the chocolate-coated pill, you know, he's nearly dead, can still bring him back to life. That That was a fun little teaser just thrown in there, so I really liked that. Now, one thing that I didn't... It wasn't bad, but it wasn't like my favorite part, is where Aaron meets with the God of Everything, that he has died because he's been sacrificed and he goes back to the church and then he meets with God and everybody else has, you know, all the other supernaturals there have been pass- forcibly passed on by Abida, and the God of everything is there. And he's like, Hey, I'm just going to talk with you. And here's this, this, and you could stay here if you want, but I think you need to go back. And it worked because Aaron needed kind of a push and to get this ability so that he could fight Abida and stop her because she's obviously breaking things. But I... <sighs> It just didn't flow or sit kind of as well to me as the rest of it. Like, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. So it just kind of sits in that little realm for me. Obviously, then Aaron, you know, he comes back. He has all the gifts. That was a pretty cool point. He's like, oh no, I don't just have my gift. I have all the gifts temporarily. You know, he's able to defeat Queen Abida, and then they all go home. So, I liked... I liked that. Now, oh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about horror, and, you know, that there's these people who are the virtu- virtues, and they're going around trying to stop horror, trying to stop haunts, and they, you know, shoot first, ask questions later, which is kind of smart when you're dealing with supernatural things. But I just... I liked seeing horror from, like, a truly adult perspective. It actually seeing horror because we didn't see horror in the beginning we just saw the after effects of her, of pansy leaving horror and so horror is not like this horrible always scary place you know aside from like halloween and as long as you follow the rules like you are pretty safe and you know one week a year two weeks a year maybe is like really bad for you specifically so it was it was pretty fun I liked seeing that. I also liked that when you use magic and horror, it kind of corrupts you because magic and horror is the you know domain of the supernatural or to the domain of the haunts. So when you're using it, you're basically becoming a haunt, and you feel that desire to be mean and to be angry, which you know is partly why Urian corrupted so easily and why um, Theo was try- was starting to be a little bit more angry and stuff until he would realize it and then he'd have to stop. Now, one more thing: I was a little disappointed in Theo. Not in Theo, but I guess in the writing of Theo that he loses the wand and so he can't do magic again. But he, I just, I kind of wish there was something more to his ability with the aura than just knowing if he's in danger and who's going to hurt him and who else is in danger. Like, that's very useful. I just, I kind of wished and hoped there was going to be something like he was going to lose the wand, which he did. And then there was going to be something where he's like, I have to do this. And then he's able to change something or do something or restrict someone based on their aura. So I was was really hoping for that And I didn't see it And that's fine Like obviously It's not like that important That he gets another ability I just That's kind of what I was hoping for And and it didn't happen So I was a little sad But not that sad Um, I did enjoy Getting Oz's perspective That he's actually there You know We get a little bit more knowledge About the supernaturals That they're the people Who've passed on And they can choose to stay And kind of fight And they become more of what they are And that he is kind of the dispeller Because that's what he was all about In life And and I like seeing that supernatural side of things that there are more people on the other side also fighting the haunts and that it is a fair fight like the haunts are not just this overpowered force like they appear to be in the first book so that was really good i liked uh in one of the epigraphs it's like always spike your drinks with holy water just like That's so funny. Like, why would you, you know, using holy water to spike your drink with just because it was super funny. And I also really liked that she published his book, Oz's book, and then she actually like got it out into horror. And throughout the whole book, everybody's like, hey, you know, you shouldn't do this. Haven't you read Oz's book of how to survive haunts and haunt and horror? Like, you need to get a copy and read that. Like, it's really good. It saved my life more than once." showing that, like, maybe, maybe horror before she did publish this was a worse place. And now it's becoming a better place because of his rule. And his ability, you know, what he wrote. So that was great. And then um, I just, I really liked in when, the, not Theo, when Aaron is talking to the Queen, to Duchess Abida. he's like, I am a fantastic horror, you know, combining. what the people are you know if you're from horror you're a horror if you're a fan from fantasy you're fantastic so he's a fantastic horror and it's just like oh that is so funny because like not to dig on kids but sometimes kids are fantastic horrors like they're amazing and they're awesome but they're horrors because they cry and they scream and they won't tell you what's wrong so it just that line was just funny in a great in spot and a bad spot i i loved it i thought it was great so that's gonna be everything i have to talk about don't dance with death today Um, but thanks everybody for listening and thanks for being here of course if you have any questions or comments let me know at libromancypod at gmail.com and, you know i'm get working on the calendar still putting it up on the website and actually getting it to show what i'm actually going to be covering uh, for the next little while so please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and leave a review if you don't mind it really helps out and remember to dance with the magic of books